السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة فكشف الله تعالى به الغمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده حتى أتاه اليقين من ربه اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد الرحمة المهداة وعلى آل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين وعلى أصحابه وعلى من تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All praises belonging to Allah Azza wa Jal May the peace and blessings be upon his beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and companions in entirety. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal on this blessed day of Friday to guide us to the path forward as an ummah, to guide us to the path of reviving the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
in light of all the difficulties and all the trials and all the wounds that have struck it and befallen it. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us to see days of strength after a very, very, very long stretch of weakness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make what's happening in Gaza the beginning of great change for humanity and the beginning of great change for the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ask Allah Azza wa Jalla as we've been making dua every Friday, hoping that we'll be of those who meet that hour on the day of Jum'ah where dua is answered. We've making dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist our brothers and sisters in Gaza, that He give them aid, that He give them victory, that He strengthens and fortifies their hearts when the world in its entirety has turned its back on them in terms of its leadership. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make their hearts firm and to accept their shuhada and to give them victory over their oppressors. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring about the swift demise and ruin of all those who abuse their power and transgress against His boundaries. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be with our brothers and sisters now who are sieged in hospitals, who are buried under the rubble, who are struggling to find clean water, who are struggling to find a place to sleep. May Allah be with every orphan. May Allah be with every widow. May Allah be with every injured person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be with every person with a chronic illness now in Gaza that's slowly dying away because they can't find the means of their survival. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us see a situation that's stronger and better for the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma ansurhum nasran azizan mu'azzara. Allahumma ansurhum nasran azizan mu'azzara. Wakhdhul man adahum wa man adahum wa man zalamahum wa man itada alayhim. Allahumma khdhul man itada alayhim. اللهم اهزم أعداءهم اللهم اهزمهم وزلزلهم واقذف الرعب في قلوبهم وردهم على أعقابهم خائبين خاسئين نداما اللهم أرنا فيهم عجائب قدرتك يا رب العالمين اللهم افضحهم بين العالمين Oh Allah, we ask you to expose the hypocrisy of Israel and its supporters. We ask you, O oh Allah, to expose their hypocrisy and their lies and to not allow them to continue to deceive the world and what's happening in those blessed lands. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Brothers and sisters, last week we were reflecting on the true dynamics of power between alam al-ghaybi wa alam al-shahada. Alam al-shahada, the observed realm. And alam al-haqiqa, the realm of true reality. How things are truly by Allah. And as we were discussing that, we mentioned at a certain point in history, the likes of Abu Jahl and Umayyah and Abu Lahab thought that they had the upper hand and the decision was theirs. But now Abu Umayyah and Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab have all been left in the trash bins of history. We discussed the power dynamic between Bilal and his oppressor. Who was stronger? Who was stronger? Was it Umayyah or Bilal? As he was put on the ground of the desert, tortured with a stone on his chest, them trying to dissuade him from believing in Muhammad And all he would do was say, Ahadun Ahad. And he said, if I knew anything that would disturb them more, I would have said it too. Who was stronger? 
in our belief, in our aqidah, in the alam of haqiqah, in the realm of true reality, Bilal was far superior than his oppressor. Things aren't as they seem. In the realm of dunya and the observed reality, we see that the odds are stacked up against us in every single facet of life. We see the most horrific things this past few days, most recent scenes, the attacks on the hospital, hospitals, the loss, humanity beginning to lose its compass with what's happening in Gaza. People not realizing that what's happening there is actually a struggle for preserving humanity. When people have allowed themselves to cross every boundary that was placed and agreed upon by the worlds and the, the powers of the world, principles of war, international law, we've seen such horrific images coming out of these hospitals, and we've seen the exposure of the falsehood that was perpetuated to justify what's happening in Gaza. They went into the hospitals, where's the evidence? Scant evidence. Few pistols, few, uh, few, uh, few scenes and images, but hardly anything to prove and justify the killing of over 10,000 people. Brothers and sisters, history repeats itself. Reminders of what happened in Iraq are coming back to our minds with the war that was waged that killed hundreds of thousands of people looking for those WMDs, the weapons of mass destruction. But it was all a cover just to fulfill an agenda with the belief that people will end up going back into a deep slumber and we as human beings did. They went back into a deep slumber and forgot the criminals that have done to Iraq what they've done. Brothers and sisters, these past few days we live in a reality where we have to wait for Israel to approve for a little bit of fuel. Look at the humiliation and the degradation that we live in as an ummah. We have to wait for the approval. We have tons and tons of trucks of relief and aid waiting, waiting in Sinat for the green light to go in. And now the merciful oppressors or the merciless oppressors have allowed a little bit of fuel, not too much, just enough so that people don't end up dying away because what? We don't want pandemics to happen. Not too much water either. Not too much cleaning for the sewage. We just don't want pandemics to happen from those bodies that are rotting away over there. We need to send in something. They've agreed to allow a little bit, just a little bit in, so that it doesn't cause us an inconvenience. Brothers and sisters, now the lies are developing. Oh, the headquarters are no longer in the north. Now they're in the south. We got to go finish the job in the south too to make sure this utilitarian thought 
at, that happens at the expense of justice. Kill who, who's ever in your way because you think that you have the divine right to protect yourself, as they say. What did our Prophet teach us? In terms of sticking to character and our principles, even when dealing with your enemies, the Prophet ﷺ, he set the standard for what is now accepted or was accepted before Israel came about and did what it did as international law. لا تغدروا لا تغلوا لا تمثلوا لا تقتلوا الولدان ولا أصحاب الصوامع. That's what, that's what the Prophet ﷺ taught. That's what we believe in as Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Don't betray, don't deceive." Don't take and seize that which doesn't belong to you. Everyone's fixated on Gaza. But in actuality, we have on the other side of Palestine and Daffa the terrorism of the Israeli settlers that are seizing lands, killing people, terrorizing them. And there's no Hamas there or no anyone else. Terrorism of Israeli settlers. La taghullu, Prophet La tumathilu, don't mutilate the bodies, don't kill children. Don't kill people in their places of worship. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the truth to light. As Allah says, بَلْ نَقْذِفُ بِالْحَقِّ عَلَى الْبَاطِلِ فَيَدْمَغُهُ فَإِذَا هُوَ زَاهِقٌ Truth will come to light. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one beautiful verse of the Qur'an says, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْلِيَاءِ كَمَثَلِ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ اتَّخَذَتْ بَيْتَا وَإِنَّ أَوْحَنَ الْبُيُوتِ لَبَيْتُ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ لَوْ كَأَنُوا يَعْلَمُونَ Those who work for other than Allah. Work for their satanic impulses, for their desires, for their agendas, for their evil alliances. Those people who try to work for that, Allah will dismantle what they're doing. Their web of lies will be exposed to the world and it is being exposed. People are starting to laugh at what Israel is putting together and conjuring as evidence. That's what's happening, brothers and sisters. Even within our country, we've seen in the State Department, there's a letter that Blinken sent out to the State Department because now the lie is being exposed. Can't contain it. Many people are waking up, they're frustrated. They work in the government and they realize that the leaders are leading us down a very dangerous road. When people are allowed to indiscriminately kill and pillage and ruin whatever they want, that is a very dangerous route for humanity to take. Blinken in his letter, he says, I know that for many of you, the suffering caused by this crisis is taking a profound personal toll. His conscience, so to say, finally awakened. After 10,000 plus people dies, the anguish that comes with seeing the daily images of babies, children, Elderly people, women and other civilians suffering in this crisis is wrenching. I feel it myself. Allahu Akbar, he finally feels it. Hopefully the president feels it one day too. Brothers and sisters, these are two pieces of 
These are two notable events that happened in this past week. And we continue to follow. And we continue to observe. But we as an ummah need to decide a new path forward for ourselves. We began speaking about this from the Prophet and his example. The Prophet teaches us to be a resilient ummah. Prophet was a visionary. In the middle of the Meccan period, one of the oppressed companions, Sayyidina Khabbab ibn al-Arat, came to him and said, lana. Brothers, please, الأمام, there's a lot of brothers standing in the back. لكم, any space you see in front of you, please fill it. Jazakumullah khair. Please, Barakallah fikum. He said, we complained to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, we said to the Prophet, Why don't you make dua for us? Why don't you seek victory for us? The Prophet ﷺ sat up. And he told him with full yaqeen. The Prophet ﷺ wasn't at any point in his seerah weak. The Prophet ﷺ was always driven by vision. The Prophet ﷺ was very strategic in his thought. The Prophet ﷺ was divinely driven by Allah's guidance. So the Prophet ﷺ said, said no. No, this is part of the plan. There were those who came before you who had to produce immense sacrifice. And none of this would turn them away or deter them from calling to truth. He said to him, he said to Sayyidina Khabbab ibn al-Arat, Wallahi layutimanna hadha al-amr hatta yasir al-raqib min san'a ila hadhul ramout la yakhafu illa Allah awa al-dhib ala ghanameh walakinna kum tasta'jiloon Prophet ﷺ said, this affair will become whole. It will become whole until peace will reign. People will travel fearly with, uh, freely without fear for their life or their health or their wealth. That's what we as Muslims seek, true peace. Not this fake sense of peace that preys upon the weak to quell their emotions, regulate their emotions, just so they could be quiet and accept the status quo. But you're a people who are hasty, the Prophet ﷺ says. Prophet ﷺ was able to see past the brutality. We learned this from the Meccan period. We spoke about those scenes from the life of the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca. Even with all that was happening, the Prophet ﷺ named two people. Both of them deeply oppressive. One of them was Abu Jahl. And then the other one was Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab. What did he say? He saw past the brutality. He said, Allahumma izzal Islam bi ahabbi hadhain al-rajulayni ilayk. Oh Allah, give victory and honor to Islam, to the more beloved of these two. To you. The Prophet knew there was something special about Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab. He had hope that Umar would accept Islam. Why? Because Umar was a critical component in that roadmap to change. What's our roadmap to change now as Muslims? What does it look like, brothers and sisters? What greatness did he identify in Umar? Was it his strength? A lot of people are strong. It wasn't his strength. Many have that. What made Sayyidina Umar al-Farooq? When he became Muslim, and three days before him, Sayyidina Hamza, 
That's when the companions went public with their worship in the vicinity of the Kaaba for the first time. We as an ummah need sources of strength, true strength. Yes, truth needs to be fortified by, by devoted and committed individuals who will hold it strongly and hold to it strongly. Sayyidina Umar, brothers and sisters, he lived for 65 years. 30 of those years were in utter darkness. Sayyidina Umar is a perfect example of what the roadmap for change that the Prophet ﷺ laid out looks like. It took the likes of Umar and made him Al-Faruq. Whereas before his Islam, he was a drunkard in the streets of Mecca. As he says about himself, I was someone who would get drunk to the fullest. And he became Al-Faruq. No one expected that Umar would accept Islam, not even Abu Jahl himself. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plans, and his planning is superior to all other planning. Allah gave this gift to the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I don't doubt that the blood of the people of Gaza will not be in vain. It is fueling the awakening of the Ummah of Muhammad ﷺ in the present day, whether people like it or not. All of these events did not start a month ago or a month and a half ago. No, it's been happening. This change has been happening. Now with all of this bloodshed, it's happening a lot quicker. Brothers and sisters, we learn so much from the Prophet ﷺ as a visionary throughout this period where the Muslims were oppressed as we are oppressed today, the Prophet ﷺ had this ability to scout unique talent. And he did this in the first days of the da'wah. The Prophet ﷺ deliberately exposed the da'wah slowly, with intentionality. The Prophet ﷺ was not quick to trigger antagonism. He developed the core companions very, very strongly on solid foundations. The Prophet ﷺ teaches us brilliant strategic planning. All of this is learned in the seerah as we discussed in our Sunday class about the hijrah to al-habasha and all that it meant for creating a new base away from the oppressors and away from the supervision of the oppressors in al-habasha, Abyssinia. The Prophet ﷺ had a non-reactionary mindset. All of these are critical components for real change for us as an ummah. A non-reactionary mindset led to him embracing the oppressors when they finally came to truth. That's what the Prophet ﷺ was. We need to learn this greatness from the greatness of Muhammad ﷺ. We need to look at our reality and see what are the biggest struggles for us as Muslims today. What are some of those struggles? What happened to the ummah to make it as weak as it is? Where you have tons of life-saving aid sitting there in a Muslim country, Egypt, waiting for the green light to finally come. Send the food over, but don't send too much. Send the fuel over, but don't send too much. This wahan and this weakness that has caused the ummah to crumble. Everyone thinking of their own individual interests. I need to protect myself. We need to protect our country. Yeah, we can't do too much because of that. We're going to put ourselves in danger. 
If they die, what can we do? They're going to die and we'll deal with it. Such a tragic reality for the Ummah Muhammad Where we don't find one of our Muslim countries having the guts to challenge the oppressive state of Israel by just sending food over, letting these starving people, they're starving. They are starving in Gaza. Can't send food over just to let them eat a little bit. This is such a tragic time for the Ummah of Muhammad But there is so much hope for us as an Ummah. We need to examine what can we do to break out of the colonized mindset, brothers and sisters. Generations upon generations have been influ- influenced by a colonized mindset that's developed in society. How has it developed? It's developed by the dismantlement of Muslim societies. This is a project that's been billions of dollars behind it. So much planning, so much thought. How can we dismantle every aspect of society to create a mindset that is so lowly? Just give me my piece of bread and I don't care what happens to the rest of the world. Let it go into a big blaze as long as I have my bread. That lowly mindset. The erosion of values. In our Muslim societies, brothers and sisters, seeding corruption in every aspect of daily life. Don't think that that's not part of the plan. Remove opportunity for employment, for education. Corrupt the educational system. Promote ludity. Make people want to do fahisha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُحِبُّونَ أَن تَشِيعَ الْفَاحِشَةُ فَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Allah speaks to this. Those who promote and proliferate indecency because that causes society to collapse. If Gaza has shown us anything, it's shown us where true power lies. That's right here. That's right here. No one can take that away from you. It's the most powerful source in this existence. No one could take that away from a Muslim. I can cause myself to lose it. I could cause myself to succumb to lowliness, low character. Brothers and sisters, a critical point here. The collapse of Muslim society came about not when people were stripped of their freedom and their liberty. It wasn't when the people were stripped of their hurriya. It was when they were stripped of their irada. It was when people were stripped of their willpower to pursue change. Khalas, go to sleep. Brothers and sisters, the roadmap to change for us as an ummah needs to be by waking up from within first and foremost. Brothers and sisters, the wills of nations across the Muslim world have been regulated. The emotions of the oppressed masses in the Muslim world have been regulated like medication regulates diabetes. It's festering with disease, but let me so throw something at it just to calm it down, go to sleep. Every time the nations rise up and they get angry, oh, calm down, we're going to give you something. To calm you down, make you go back into your deep slumber. Brothers and sisters, 
what's happening to the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam? What have colonizers done to the Muslim world? They've left a long time ago, decades ago. What did they leave behind them? The fear to speak out. Corrupting religious messaging. I'm going to say this point again. Making people too afraid to speak out. Because if they speak out, the teachers of the oppressors that we have in the prisons in our Muslim world, that's where, that's where you go to school for learning how to oppress and torture people. The prisons of the Muslim world. Making people too afraid to speak out and then corrupting the religious messaging. And we find that even in what's happening in Gaza, don't fast for Gaza. Iyak! It's a bid'ah munkara if you fast for Gaza. The lowliness in thought. The lowliness in thought. The diluted understanding of Islam. Isolationist mindset. We need to make the best decisions for our country, as we said. Isolationist. And a Masri. I'm Egyptian. And a Palestinian. And a Suri. I'm, I'm from this country. You're from that country. We're isolationist. We need to break out of that. No more of this. No more of this. Wallahi, the power in the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam will be unleashed when we truly embrace each other as brothers. That's truly powerful. Brothers and sisters, for years, the corrupt superpowers of today have been playing with Muslim societies if we're really going to wake out of this, we need to figure out what has oppression done to us? Look, there's this, there's this book that explains it. What does an oppressive society do? What does it cause? For every layer, this book is called Taba'i'ul Istibdad, one of the scholars of the past, recent past. The mindset of oppression is that an oppressor creates another oppressor. The oppressed person today becomes the oppressor of tomorrow. This is the pedagogy of the oppressed. We learned this from the Qur'an. We learned this from the Qur'an and one of the stories of the Qur'an from the time of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and the Israeli. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, for those who know, he walked into the town and there was this man, this Israelite, quarreling with the Coptic. And the Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam came to the assistance of the Israelite because he thought he was being wronged and oppressed. So Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, a very powerful young man, struck him once and the man died instantly. The next day Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam sees this Israeli fighting with another person. And Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam says, إِنَّكَ mubin." Oh man, now I see you. Now I know who you are. You're constantly fighting with everybody. You want to do whatever you want to do and you still want to be supported because you always see yourself as the oppressed person. You're always the oppressed person. So then, the Israeli knew that Sayyidina Musa salam was on to him. And he thought that Sayyidina Musa salam was going to give him up. So what did he say? He said, Ya Musa, turidu an taqtulani, as they say in the books of tafsir. Tabari says this, Qurtubi says this, Ibn Kathir says this. They say this is the words of the Israelite. He said, Ya Musa, turidu an taqtulani kama qatalta nafsan bil ams in turidu illa an takuna jabbaran fil ard. What did he say? He said, Oh Musa, you want to kill me like you killed someone tomorrow, or yesterday? 
You are a tyrant. Bizarre thought coming from an oppressed mind. He thought that Musa was going to give him up, so he said, let me give him up first. Let me put Musa in the fire and save myself. The Coptic heard, because they didn't know who killed the Coptic in the first day. Now he heard, and he ran and he told, Fir'aun, we know who killed the Coptic. It was Musa. So Musa was forced to flee and leave. And the story goes on. But consider this, the mindset of the oppressed. Little sense of honor and dignity, right? I want to save myself and myself alone. I don't care about anyone else. Isolationist. Very willing to betray the one who saved you. Very willing to betray the one who saved you. Very weak personality. Very selfish. Brothers and sisters, these are the core things that Eat away at the heart of the Ummah of Muhammad today. If we really want a roadmap for change, it starts off in here. No more selfishness. No more isolationism. No more betrayal, honor, dignity, true leadership. Being visionaries like the Prophet was a visionary. Brothers and sisters, we cannot... Allow ourselves to cower back to the pre-Ghazza modalities. That's not an option. This needs to change us on an individual level and on a community level. There's a lot to say about the roadmap for change. I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires us to really experience change within and to change our reality. Allahumma ameen, ud'u'allahu wa antum muqinuna bil ijabah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Ashraf al-Khalqi wa Sayyid al-Mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghadin Wa attaqullaha inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon Amma ba'd Brothers and sisters As we said roadmap for change How can we begin incurring change in our reality? It starts from a deeply spiritual a deeply spiritual realization. I need to teach myself this and teach my children this. I can change my reality because my reality and my, rea- and my experience with reality is based on how I am on the inside. That's what we learn from the people of Gaza. That's what we learn from their courage and their honor and their dignity. We need to as a community, community break out of The effects of individualism. I can't continue to live a personal, private life. I need to meaningfully bond with the rest of my ummah, with the rest of the community. I need to be a person who's profoundly aware. Knowledge outweighs propagandism, brothers and sisters. Propaganda works on Fox and CNN. Propaganda works in politics and people who are trying to get into political position. It does not work. In the face of true knowledge and awareness. That's what remains. All the other stuff, it's going to go away eventually. Yeah, sure, you'll get elected now. But then people realize the liar you are. And the hypocrite you are. That's what they'll realize. Brothers and sisters. 
an ummah that's profoundly aware. The Prophet ﷺ hardly ever had the upper hand. Yet he was able to incur real change in his reality. Brothers and sisters, we need to be an ummah with real leadership, true leadership. We need to be an ummah that sticks to its principles. Brothers and sisters, if anything that we've learned from these past month and a half, the ends don't justify the means as politicians want to make it out to be. The toxicity of politics, the utilitarianism of politics at the expense of justice is something that we need to break out of. We can't allow it to blind us as a community. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us enduring guidance to find our way through the difficult reality that we live in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to live, to see real change in our personal lives and in the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah make us committed to change and make us agents for change for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma fillana warhamna. Wa'afina wa'afu anna wa tajawaz an sayyatina. اللهم اغفر لصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وانثانا وشاهدنا وغائبنا اللهم احييته منا فاحيه على الايمان ومن امته منا فامته على الاسلام اللهم اجعل خير عمرنا اخره واجعل خير عملنا خواتمه واجعل خير ايامنا يوما نلقاك فيه وانت راض عنا امين امين واخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين واقم الصلاه الله اكبر الله اكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله استقيموا يرحمني يرحمكم الله الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابر كلا سوف تعلمون ثم كلا سوف تعلمون كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم ثم لترونها عين اليقين ثم لتسألن يومئذ عن النعيم الله أكبر
سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أرأيت الذي يكذب بالدين فذلك الذي يدع اليتيم ولا يحض على طعام المسكين فويل للمصلين الذين هم صلاتهم ساهون الذين هم يراءون ويمنعون الماعون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله